Welcome, everybody, and Happy New Year to everybody. We're here with uh, Dr. Lee Small, our Dean of the College of Nursing, and we're really glad to have her here on our Spartan Nurse Podcast. A little background about Dean Small. Dr. Lee Small earned her master's and PhD from the University of Rochester and is a pediatric nurse practitioner by training. She has a passion for high-quality healthcare, evidence-based practice, and implementation of thought-provoking educational strategies challenging learners to always seek and provide best practices. For over two decades, she has integrated and applied these passions with the goals of impacting healthcare practices. Embracing education, research, and service, Dr. Small has served as a nursing educator and researcher for greater than 20 years, held multiple leadership roles in several professional nursing organizations and colleges and universities, while remaining continuously engaged in scholarship. Her research portfolio and scholarship are based on positive approaches to parenting, usual and unusual child development, motivational interviewing, and the synchrony of interactions between parents and young children. Dr. Small's dedication to the healthcare of children and families has been recognized by acceptance of fellowship in the National Academies of Practice, the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners, and the American Academy of Nursing. So, Dean Small, looking back at the past year, what do you consider the college's most significant achievement? Well, first I would say I am so proud to be a part of this team because I think that every part of this college has moved forward in very significant ways. So, for example, in research, we've tripled the number of federal grants that we're putting out. That's unheard of. So that's, like, amazing. I so applaud our teaching-focused faculty because they're working really hard to put brand new essentials, which are the bedrock and foundation to everything that we teach across all of the programs. And they've been working steadily on that for almost two years now to totally revamp our curriculum across all programs. So that's really exciting as well. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have a brand new nurse practitioner-led clinic We offer um, psych mental health nurse practitioners for our patients. We have a social worker. We have a diabetic educator. Uh, We have a patient care coordinator, and we have a nurse operations person for our little clinic, and we have doubled the number of providers. So I would say we're doing fabulous across the college in multiple ways, um, not to mention a lot of the foundational things that we've done. We have a strategic plan. Can you elaborate some of the key pillars of it? Let me first start off by saying we went through and we looked at our vision. The vision should be the first thing that directs us into the future, right? But it was really nice that when we revamped the vision and then the mission, because the mission is what you do every day in order to achieve the vision, is we could really prioritize health equity. That was really important And I think everybody's on board with that. Uh, And then next, I want to say, after we developed that, we really thought hard about some key principles. And one of the key principles was focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion to bring a sense of belongingness to everyone here in the college. That's a cornerstone upon which all of the pillars has to rest. That's the definition of a cornerstone. And then, of course, the second one is advocacy to support and empower all individuals. And then we have six pillars currently. 
So the strategic pillars that we have identified are student and alumni success, faculty and staff support, education, of course, community engagement, innovation and research, and practice. And if you think about that, it is fully aligned with what the mission, vision, and strategic pillars of the university are, and also it's directly aligned with the Office of Health Science. You know, there's been lots of exciting things help, happening over the past year. Could you highlight some of the more memorable events or accomplishments from, the, from this past year? Well, um, first of all, I think our research day that we had this past year in partnership with Henry Ford, which is a really big deal, and of course all of our other clinical partners, we had record attendance. And I think we wanted to, I think I remember something like 120 or 130 individuals came to our research day, which is fabulous. And each person, almost every single person there had a poster, a professional poster, which was awesome because, number one, it helps us all to know what each other are doing, and people could look around and see what each other are doing. But more importantly, it helps that event helped every single individual person to move forward in one way or another. For example, we identified Henry Ford needed to have a list of all of the topics and all of the presenters, and it moved all those nurses forward in their clinical ladder. As well as faculty, we know that having scholarship is part of our indicators, and it allowed everybody to move that forward as well. So I would say Research Day was a phenomenal thing. We have now welcomed into our group, or our community, I should say, a new endowed chair for behavioral health and wellness, and that is the inaugural person to enter in. She is a fantastic person, so I'll say that personally, because while I had no idea that this is who the faculty was going to recommend, when I saw her name, I knew that Angela Chen and I had started together in 2004, a long time ago. She brings an amazing amount of energy with her. Um, that was a chair that was endowed and, and vacant for eight years before Angela came. And the impact of that will be twofold. Number one, she's already brought some research with her that she was working on. She just got a notice of award for um, an R21, I think. And she's sitting on the edge waiting to hear about an R01, which is the granddaddy of awards, if you will, in the research world. The focus of that is really on vaccine hesitancy, through gaming. So I would say we have so many things to tout. I can't probably talk about them all, but it's pretty fabulous. I think we've almost doubled the number of researchers we have here, which is great too. So a lot of growth. Oh, what a great addition to our already growing college. That's awesome. So we talked a lot about the last year. Moving forward, what are the college's expectations and projections for 2024? Um, are there any exciting developments and initiatives on the horizon? Well, you know me at this point. Of course there are. <laughs> right. So um, we are well on our way of um, meeting, achieving our undergraduate enrollment goal now, our graduate program is a little more challenging. We are doubling the size of our graduate program. We have until 2027. 
So we have a bit more time, but you can tell already we're going to have to have new specialties and think about things. So for right now, we're focused on the curriculum. We need to get our curriculum in shape, and then we'll be starting to think about what are the programs that we're going to grow going forward. The other thing that we're going to be working on, I've said it before, but people will start to see it more evidenced, is to have a technology infrastructure. And that will facilitate a lot of the work that everyone does, take it out of Excel sheets that sit on someone's laptop and really put it in a way that is um, in a large database that we can track and readily get data from. And of course, simulation is going to go forward, right? So we will be remodeling, and in the spring semester, I've been told that the remodeling part of the Granger Lab and simulation area should be complete. But we will be embarking on, because the Board of Trustees okayed the planning for an IPE simulation and anatomy building. Nursing is just going to have one floor of it. Um, I shouldn't say just, it will increase our space um, quite a bit. So that's really fabulous. But the other part is that we are going to um, be working with all the other schools and colleges across the university to then design what that whole building will be um, so that we can start to move forward on that. And our goal is to have the planning done in about a year for that. So that'll be huge. And, of course, we're going to keep growing practice. Awesome. Wow, lots of exciting things going on. It's yeah, awesome. No kidding. It's awesome. So everybody knows and loves it. We have a partnership with the Henry Ford Health Systems. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yes, yeah, so we're about three and a half years into a 30-year agreement with them that was identified and specified by the definitive agreement. Right now in the College of Nursing, we have been uniquely involved in two aspects of it. We're involved with the nursing education group. And so we've held up about four or five work groups this past year. We're hoping to grow our Detroit campus, and we're doing some things to really support that. But Henry Ford has given us, without hesitation at all, the clinical sites. And that's the thing that's the bottleneck. So with their expansion, with the uh, recent acquisition of uh, Ascension Hospitals, um, they will have more clinical sites. And so I'm just really honored that we have an opportunity to work with them. So that's growing forward. Of course, McLaren Greater Lansing sits in our backyard. They're very interested in our new training trial that we've been running. For example, they're really interested. They have high rates of turnover in their emergency room because nurses work there for about four to six months and they're already burned out. This is what we're talking about doing is starting a training model that has a group in the emergency room that will go back to the emergency room three times for their medical surgical courses um, and try to stay within the McLaren system, but then they'll become very familiar with policies and procedures and all of that. But they'll also get realistic expectations of what it would be like to work in the emergency room so that hopefully they think about hiring those individuals and stay there longitudinally and not burn out so quickly. So we're focused on that. Of course, Sparrow is our amazing partner. We've been partners with Sparrow forever. We have over 500 clinical placements with them annually. Lots of cool things. So you mentioned before um, diversity, equity, and inclusion and how it's such a big part of what we do here in the College of Nursing and a big focus of our mission and vision. Um, 
In light of the college's focus on this, can you share some specific initiatives or programs aimed at fostering an inclusive environment for everyone here at the College of Nursing? Yeah, so thank you for that question, Michael. That was good. Um, I think, first of all, we needed to reflect back to the strategic plan of the university and diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I do believe that we, with some level of intention, we're moving in that direction. However, I would say if you make that an additional part of someone's role, then it's an add-on. So I really wanted to have a person who's solely devoted to that. So Krista Walker joined us, and we I love Krista Walker. Mm-hmm. The things she's doing may be quiet, but I think they're very critically important. So, for example, we're looking at the demographics of our students. We uh, just, for example, uh, initiated holistic admissions. So we're going to look at our demographics before and after, and then we're going to trend them over time to see what did that actually do. The university has called us to look for graduation gaps. So that means that students who did not graduate, is there some commonality across there? So more to come on that, but that's a very important thing that we need to attend to. We've also identified for the students who are in our access program, oftentimes they're either first-generation college students, so in that way they're at risk, or they were underserved in in one way or another. And we've identified the courses in pre-nursing and in nursing that they struggle with, and this year we've initiated getting them help and tutoring before the course begins. And we're also thinking about things like in simulation, right? Um, We now have mannequins that represent different cultural and ethnic diversity, so that's really important, and Krista has been consulting on that, right? We're trying our best to think about other kind of diversity, equity, and inclusion things to make sure everyone feels like they belong. So incorporating wellness across the college in all aspects, we have a positivity chain in front of us. What submission stood out to you and why? First of all, I appreciate that anybody ever thought about the having a positivity chain. I didn't even know about it, so I was actually thrilled. This is very aligned with who I am as a person and what I greatly value. If you put negative things around you or you're with negative people, then you end up spiraling in a negative way. But it is by putting these positive things in our environment that we contribute to a positive environment. So thank you all for doing that because I think that's fabulous. So I did have to take a minute to run downstairs and read uh, multiple things that people wrote, which was really wonderful. And the one that stood out to me is the impact you have around you is greater than you will ever know. And I think the reason perhaps today more than another day that stuck out to me is my husband brought home um, a present from a neighbor and the book title is Make Your Bed. That sounds really weird. It does. It was written by um, Admiral William H. McRaven, who actually was a Navy SEAL, and he became, I believe, the president of the University of Texas. And in 2014, he did um, a presidential address for the graduates. And you might think, well, what on earth does that have to do with things that you could change in your environment and how that affects 
And that's what the entire book is about. It's a really quick read, and if you don't want to read it, you can Google his speech. It's really awesome and really uplifting, but it basically says that the things that he was trained to do that were very arduous for a naval seal are things he carries with him forever, and that small things that you do every day can make a change not only in your life, but can affect other people. So these people who were, you know, very stiff and general-like and made them make their bed and flipped a quarter on it and all that, he said what he didn't understand is that every day he would wake up and do a task and he would be successful at it. And that allowed him to think forward about what are the other tasks that he's going to do in the day. So he comes up with 10 different things. But I think that we should all think about that. What is a little thing that we could do that maybe makes our world better, but makes somebody else's world better, because then they're going to do that and pay it forward to other people, right? Yes, I'm really familiar with that kind of mindset. That's why I always make my bed first thing in the morning. Well, I, I wish, Harley, you could meet my husband. I was like, that's that one of us. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I do think that even a simple thing like that, you know, people teach their children to do that, and people wonder, well, why do I have to do that, just like this person did, right? But it is about, there's a subtle um, learning that happens that you don't even understand until you do it to a point where it becomes routinized into your behavior. I think it's also having starting out of small victories for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't make my bed very often currently, so full disclosure, but when I do, it makes me feel a bit more positive. So I can see how maybe I'll start doing that more often now. So for sure. I can sense, Michael, that this will be a New Year's resolution <laughs> right. for you. Right. And, and to make you stick to my it, I want you happy. to say it out loud yeah. to your family, especially your children, because they'll hold you right. to it. Right, yeah, we make them do it. No. <laughs> my wife would be very happy at that New Year's resolution, too, let me tell you. And you just admitted, awesome. to, admitted it to all of our viewers. Right, to the whole audience. Oh, my gosh, full disclosure. Um, awesome. Um, you know, and, and I, th- I think that positive impact thing, you know, when we talk to our students, too, we always talk to them. It applies to patient care, too. Um, and we always, you know, sometimes it's really important for nurses to think back at the day on those small things where they made an impact, because sometimes it's hard to recognize that. You've had a stressful day at work. You know, you've had a stressful day anywhere. And you, you think back to those little, small, subtle ways that you made an impact. So I think that's great that you shared that. That's awesome. So whenever I have a new group of students, um, first semester, first day, I always tell them, you know what? Every nurse, what they have in common is they were a student once. They had a first day. And I actually use your name and I say, even Dean Small had a first day of undergraduate nursing school and was it was a nursing student herself. So what I thought would be really interesting for the audience is for you to share a little bit about what your experience was as a first year nursing student entering um, you know undergraduate studies and then how any challenges you faced and maybe how you overcame them. Yeah, well, I appreciate the question. I think as a nursing student, what I would first say, and I'm going to reveal some personal things, okay? So I think it was um, in my first semester when I started clinicals, I realized, wow, people are sick 24-7 in the hospital. That might mean I have to work at night. (laughs) (laughs) They're sick in the hospital on holidays. Oh, my goodness, what have I signed up for? 
But I have to say that I was, uh, I had the opportunity to work with patients that had so much positive um, feedback and that I really felt like I could impact their world in ways that I didn't understand. So, for example, I thought, oh, I'm going to read the order and then I'm going to go in and I'm going to do the job and do the task and do the dressing change and then I'm going to come out and I'm going to chart it. And actually, the tasks are things that we all have to do, but that's not the part that makes us the most trusted profession, right? It is more about, you hear about their personal stories. They confide things in, um, to you. Um, I will also tell you, as a new nurse, so this is after I graduated, um, I asked a lot of questions during report. Well, the nurses didn't really like that very much. <laughs> um, so I had to stop learning. I had to learn to stop asking so many questions there, and I had to learn to use the skills I had in my education to find the answers myself. And I'll never forget the first time everything all made sense to me, which is um, a very scary situation. The nurses were in report. I was coming off of working nights, and I had someone ring their bell. I went into the room, and this woman had never rung her bell before. And I said, Mrs. So-and-so, how are you? Why have you rung your bell? I turned the light on, and there was a huge clot of blood on her bed. And I said, so tell me what happened. And she said, I got sick. And she looked down and saw all the blood. And I knew immediately, number one, I needed to cover it up so she didn't see it. And number two, it all made sense, her social history, why she was in the hospital, and what was likely to be her future. She had had a drinking problem. She had esophageal varices. And she actually had ruptured an esophageal vessel. And so it was not going to be a positive outcome, likely. But I could put together really fast um, that she needed an IV inserted immediately. She needed to have the physician called immediately, or, or I would say healthcare providers, but we didn't have nurse practitioners then. Um, but I, I hope that people realize that their training as a Spartan nurse prepares them to, on the spot, suddenly have all that come together for them. And so do pay attention to your reading. Do pay attention. But know that be self-reliant. You can figure it out. So that's what I would say. Yep, and trusting their gut, right? Trusting your gut instinct was to do that. And I always tell them, know, their, know your first action, right? Know your first action that you can take. So that's, that's awesome. Thank you. That was great. So Dean Small, we've heard a lot of positive feedback about how people feel welcomed here at the college. But how are we going to maintain this and then further that, making it more of an inclusive, welcoming place to be and work? Well, I appreciate the question. And I've already talked about one of my principles, right? And that is to surround yourself by positivity. And I think if we continue to focus on that and try to um, reframe negative thoughts, right? So I'm very into mental health, particularly with children, and we say that to them every day, right? We say if they're headed toward a depressive type of state, think about what you want to dream about tonight, right? Think about a positive thing, right? 
When you wake up in the morning, you think about what are the three positive things that I'm going to get done today? And start by making your bed, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Got it. My wife's listening. I'll make the bed. Yeah. (laughs) So I think we've all learned here that in order to achieve these amazing accomplishments, and we have done so much in such a short time, that we have to really function as a team and hold ourselves up. So I'm going to pose a question to you all. So who's going to do this? Spartans will. We'd like to thank Dean Small for joining us today. Thank you so much for coming on the Spartan Nurse Podcast. Of course. To find your breaking news and latest updates within the College of Nursing, please refer to our website at nursing.msu.edu. You can also find us on all social media platforms at M-I-C-H-S-T-Nursing.